After a spring in which he and his staff have completely reshaped the Hoosiers roster, Mike Woodson deserves a lot of credit. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your only daily IU podcast, and we're part of the Locked On Network your team every day. We're free and available anywhere you guys listen to podcasts at, including over on YouTube. Big thanks for making us your first listen every day. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. Look, Mike Woodson and his staff, it has been an eventful spring for them that has featured some hits, some misses, but overall, far more of the hits than the misses. And I I just wanted to take some time today to offer some praise to him. It it wasn't always a smooth spring. There were times when uh, things weren't great and some of the more vocal detractors were, had a lot of ammunition, I should say, for uh, being upset with him. What I preached the whole time was patience, that this was a long process and we didn't know what we didn't know when it came to the transfer portal to the recruiting trail. And ultimately... I don't want this to be like a victory lap or anything. I just want to praise a coaching staff that has reshaped this roster this summer in a big way. It was something that once I looked at just the list of names coming in versus or started thinking about the list of names that went out, it paints a pretty clear picture of what IU is looking to do next season and how their play style is going to change. Um, there's still one more piece to get. I, we kind of assume it's going to be a guard, some type of perimeter player. It most likely is what it's going to be, but there is still one more piece to get. And there's a good chance that it's a, an impactful piece. But after the McKenzie and Baco, uh, commitment, this is a roster that looks a lot more balanced, a lot more like we kind of anticipated uh, the roster to look like next season. So you have coming in, I split these up to, I split these up into guards, wings, and bigs. Your guards are going to be Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton. Your wings are going to be Mbako and Anthony Walker from Miami. And your bigs are going to be Kalel Ware and Peyton Sparks. You compare that to what the Hoosiers had going out. You lose Jalen Huchifino, you lose Tamar Bates. Uh, wings, Miller Cop, I guess, was a wing. I would still almost classify him as a forward or a big, but he was more wing than big. But you lose Trace, Race, Logan Duncan, Jordan Geronimo is kind of in that same boat between a big and a wing. The way he played this past season was far more as a big than a wing. So I put him in that group. But when you kind of compare the 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 two, the outgoing class with the incoming class, the incoming class has a lot more balance. There's more wings that you're bringing in fewer forward or bigs. You lose four bigs. You bring in two. And one of those in Kalel Ware is someone that is not a traditional big. He's someone that can spread out the court. That alone should tell you what IU is looking to play like next season. They want to play more spaced out, more, um, getting to the rim, more open lanes, things like that. 
And, and this is another example of what that looks like and how the IU is reshaping its roster. It's not easy to do this on the fly. You don't have the, you can't just go out there and pick who you want and uh, pick and have everyone commit. If IU did, then it'd be a lot easier, but that's not how college sports work. So for IU to go out and reshape its roster while also kind of swinging and missing on guys, it's been an impressive spring. Uh, they've traded in that size that they had last season for athleticism. Trace, Race, Duncan, Geronimo. Geronimo was athletic, but Trace, Race, and Duncan are were three more, I guess, traditional big men. They weren't. They didn't necessarily get up and down the floor quickly. Trace could, but that wasn't a group of bigs that played fast or anything like that. You bring in Kalel Ware, you bring in Anthony Walker and Baco. Those are guys that are going to get up and down the floor. And again, it has been a bumpy offseason, a bumpy spring. The Hoosiers certainly miss some guys that they prioritize, but that's that's the nature of recruiting. Whether it's high school players, whether it's players in the transfer portal, you're not going to bat a thousand. Nobody bats a thousand. Not even your Kentuckys, your Dukes, your Kansases. I mean, we literally know Kansas doesn't bat a thousand or Duke. They both and Baku is a Hoosier because Duke and Kansas don't bat a thousand. So people miss. But Mike Woodson and his staff had a very clear direction in mind for what they wanted the roster to look like. And they got there in the end. And again, there's another player that they're going to add to the roster, presumably. Whoever it may be, it's still the the way what the roster looks like I, I can almost assure you it's not going to be a center i'd be really surprised and if it is i'd be even more surprised if it wasn't like a floor spacing big man but i'd be i would almost guarantee it's going to be kind of a guard shooter of some sh- of some sort just by what this roster lacks and the guys that they've been targeting even if you want to assume it's that then this is a roster that we talked about at the beginning of this transfer portal IU wanted to get smaller, more athletic, play with more speed, play a more up-tempo offense. You look at what they've brought in, what they've done in the transfer portal, they've accomplished that. So kudos to Mike Woodson and his staff. They deserve the praise after this. They Again, I, I don't think you can understate the fact that they landed a top 10 recruit and the number two, three, four player in the transfer portal within like a month of each other you praise them like like they deserve praise if you were an outspoken detractor i think even you can sit back and say they did a good job this spring uh and that they did we'll have more talk on Mbako uh throughout the week as i said but i wanted to take some time today to just talk about the work mike woodson and his staff has done because it's been really impressive throughout this last month month and a half the transfer portal uh, and the recruiting trail are crazy this time of year, and he and his staff navigated it really, really well. So so hats off to them. On the note of Trace leaving, he was at the Combine on Monday. We saw some video, have a little, some few stats, but it's what he did that was really interesting to me. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. First, though, Built Bar, you know our friends over there have just the most amazing, tasty, healthy uh, bars. I, I always want to call them candy bars 
because that's what they taste like. It's a Freudian slip every time. They don't taste like any kind of protein bar or nutrition bar or anything like that. They taste like a candy bar because they're covered in 100% real chocolate, dark chocolate at that, and they have so many amazing flavors. Whether it's brownie batter puff, whether it is churro, whether it's peanut butter, whether it's cookies and cream, they have so many flavors on their website as well. You can go to Built.com, you can get some, or you can head to Walmart or Sam's Club and pick them out today. Wherever you guys go, I can't recommend it enough. They are fantastic uh, for you as well as just tasty. They they taste like a, a midnight snack that you're cheating on that you're not supposed to tell anybody about except these Built Bars are good for you. So go try some out today and thank me later. Big shout out to you guys for always making us your first listen, first watch every single day. Every day or uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll talk some more McKenzie and Baco. We're going to look at some of the scouting reports on him, do a deeper dive on what his fit's going to be in this roster, as well as more from the Combine. Trace was there today. There'll be more stuff from him. Jalen Hood-Shafino is there as well. On that note, let's talk about what Trace did on Monday. Um, he There were some measurements taken, mainly in terms of kind of lane agility, stuff like that. They aren't all out there yet. When they are, I'll kind of get them to you. But more importantly, I'll kind of compare them to to other guys. Because we have numbers. I can tell you that Trace was clocked at 3.25 seconds in a three-quarter court sprint. You don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Like, I know what a three-quarter court sprint is. But, like, is that fast? Slow? I don't know. I mean, you can watch Trace and know that he's one of the faster, more athletic bigs. But I don't know what that specific number tells me unless I can maybe compare it to some other people at the the combine. Similarly, he logged a 33-inch no-step vertical, which is literally just standing in one place, bending your knees, and going up. Again, I mean, look at me. That's higher than I can go, but I don't really know what to compare that to. I know Trace can jump out of the gym, so I, I don't really know what... I don't know what value those numbers have. I mean, they're they're kind of the standard tests. That you do, but we also don't have all the numbers, so we can't compare them throughout the week. As I said, once we get those numbers, I'll offer some more context so we know if it's good or bad. But these are also things that, like, we've watched Trace. We know how he plays. We know he's fast and can get up down the court relative to other bigs. We know his vertical is crazy, and he can catch lobs, and it's very athletic in that regard. So I don't know how much those numbers even really matter in that regard. What was very interesting, though, is he was taking part in three-point shooting drills. And the the one that stuck out, it's called a star shooting drill, where you start in the corner, you go to the opposite wing, you go to the wing, you go to the corner, you go to the top. You're making a star, how you're kind of taught in school. You're, you're just running to each spot and shooting a three-pointer at each one, at each location. He went 12 of 25 in that drill. What I would say, there's video of it out there. If you guys want to uh, try to find it, Dustin DePirac, who used to cover IU for the Herald Times. He now covers the Pacers for the Indy Star. He was at the Combine. He took a video of it. Uh, those aren't just standstill three-pointers, which is notable because if he gets in the NBA, He's not going to be shooting on the move. I shouldn't say if he gets to the NBA. I feel like it's last season. When he gets to the NBA, if he takes three-pointers, it's probably a better way of saying it. 
they're going to be standstill spot ups. They're not going to be him running to a spot and shooting. This is just one of those kind of tests that they have it guys do just to get a sense. I would say, as I said, he went 12 of 25. That's good. I know that it might not seem good because it's unguarded shots. We didn't see Trace take 25 jumpers in his time at IU, let alone 25 three-pointers. It's a There's a comfort factor that isn't there. But I thought the shot looked good in those videos. Like, for someone that was just adamant that he wasn't going to step out and shoot three-pointers, um, the shot always looks good when we see it in these types of videos. We saw it last year when he was working out in Los Angeles that the shot looked good. It just isn't one he was comfortable taking. The fact he's doing it in the draft combine is very interesting. It's encouraging, I think. Taking three-pointers in these drills is very encouraging. They're, all 30 teams are there watching the draft combine right now. And that is the big question over top of Trey Jackson Davis. What does this three-point shot look like? Is he even willing to take it? I mean, it's way too late in the game for any sort of three-point shooting to matter when it comes to his draft stock. He could have went probably 25 for 25 in those drills. And I don't know that it really would have mattered because that's not game action. He's well past the point of that. What they're going to be looking at is what does the shot look like? Do the mechanics look good? But I think the fact that he's willing to do it in this environment also is encouraging because that means, look, when he was playing, he was very stubbornly against shooting in really any aspect. It's hard to blame him when you have a bag of post moves as he did, but like it just, he was adamant. He wasn't going to shoot that. He came to the combine more open-minded and willing to do that. I think is encouraging for his draft stock. It also makes me wonder if he might play in the scrimmages and the, uh, five on five scrimmages that'll come up this week just to kind of show more of that willingness and ability to shoot three pointers. We know what he can do in the post, and he's going to have more post moves than anybody else in the draft. Uh, but the uh, just going out there and knocking down those shots or taking those shots is a different mindset than what he had, which he's going to have to have going into the NBA. Um, we'll see if he plays in the combine. We'll see if he takes those shots. If he plays, there's no doubt in my mind he'll he'll take those shots. That the that's the only reason he would play in that, I think, is to show that he's willing to shoot three pointers. But uh, just the whole fact that he came into this week willing to do that and willing to do that star drill and those types of drills, which are probably wildly uncomfortable for him, but willing to to do that, show that three point shot. It's very interesting, I think bodes well for his draft stock and that if he can have any kind of decent looking three point shot and convince teams that they can mold him into something of us, even just a spot up three point shooter that could solidify him as a first round pick. So we'll see how the rest of the week goes for him, for Jalen hood, Shafino as well. As I said, once we get more measurements, more numbers, stuff like that, we'll bring that to you throughout the week. Let's wrap up by talking about another offer the Hoosiers have given to a 2025 prospect, a guard. We'll let you know more about the player, their scattering report, things like that here in just a moment. The Hoosiers didn't uh, 
didn't take quite the victory lap or anything when it came to landing Mbako on Friday. They were out offer, er, offering recruits again. Even on Monday, IU offered 2025 guard Darius Acuff. Uh, he is an unranked player on 247 Sports, but by all indications, he's going to be ranked. Once they update their rankings, 2025 is so far out there that I don't even really think there are that many um, places ranking those that deep of a 2025 class. I think what t- is more telling is the schools that have offered Acuff so far. Darius Acuff Jr., uh, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, Michigan State are among those that have offered him uh, a scholarship. So I that tells you everything you need to know. He is a very good prospect. He's going to be ranked in the upcoming or whenever the, the newest 2025 rankings come out. Listed at 6'1", 175 pounds. If you guys, everydayers, have been here and remember kind of the, the prototypes we've given, I use either, either offering centers, wings that are 6'8", 180 90 pounds and can do a bit of everything or guards that can shoot and wouldn't you know it darius acuff is a guard that can shoot uh trevor andershock at 247 sports had the following scouting report on him uh, at six foot one acuff possesses plus length and a muscular build for his age he also has quick feet which allow him to make plays off the dribble that helps acuff create shots for himself and his teammates under challenging situations, but his his uh, his money is made. Theore- I guess actually now with NIL, so I'm gonna say theoretically, but actually, and his money is made with his three point shot through twelve games. Acuff uh, makes thirty nine point two percent of his six point six three point attempts per game in EYBL play. That's Nike EYBL. So he's taking just over six and a half threes a game, making 39% of them. That's really good turnaround for uh, a shooter, and the Hoosiers absolutely could use that type of shooting. They have absolutely not had that type of shooting. What I think also, this has just kind of been a rule a rule of thumb for a while. It's part of the reason I have some faith in Trey, uh, Trey Jackson Davis, his three-point shot. If you're a good free-throw shooter, I think that can translate or and typically does to being a good three-point shooter. You don't typically find someone that is just atrocious shooting three-pointers, but like an 80% free throw shooter. With Acuff, he is an 82.9% free throw shooter. He's also just a good three-point shooter, but that's just typically a good indicator if someone can knock down free throws. Even if their three-pointer doesn't look great, it's I mean, the form is obviously there. And it's workable, so that's typically a good indicator that you can knock down three-pointers, at least in the long run. I know a lot of kind of NBA scouts and those types will look at that as well and say if he has a good free-throw shot, a lot of times they think that they can quote-unquote fix his three-point shot. So, uh, But Acuff has both of those, like we said, and like I just said, this fits kind of the prototype of the, the guard that the Hoosiers have been targeting when it comes to point guards in the 2024-2025 class, a shooter who can make plays for others. 
and that it, that describes Acuff. So I'd imagine he's going to be pretty high up on the recruiting boards just based on the uh, schools that have offered him. And the Hoosiers are in early on this one, and, and we know how important that is to get in early on these guys. So uh, credit to the staff for recruitment here and making those connections early. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, we'll talk more in Baco, his recruitment, his scouting report, I should say, uh, and the latest with Jalen and Trace at the Combine. Big thanks to all you guys for making us your first listen. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. You guys know the deal. I know I've repeated myself. Subscribe. Leave that rating and review. It helps us out immensely. It's been a, a great week. You guys killed it on Friday's show. If you want to see the live reaction to... And Baco committing in the discussion we had then, be sure to check that out on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So hope everybody has a terrific Tuesday. And as always, Elio.